When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One, two, three. Craig and Bethany rewatch Stell Game. They've loved the show ever since they were wings. But can it stand the test of time? We'll track shite, then you decide. Cause it's time to rewatch Stell Game with Bethany and Craig. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Still Game podcast. This is Bethany and Craig here, and today we are talking about Series 1, Episode 3, Cold. Uh, I would say say cold. Uh, Cold, right. Well, do you know what? In my accent, I'm not going to pretend to be someone I'm not, Craig, right? (laughs) I've got... Got too much ethos for that, nah, kidding. I just, I just don't talk like that. Um, never, never ask you to be somebody you're not. Yeah, that's a, that's no. a good shout for an actress. <laughs> Fine, okay. Let me phrase that. Never ask me to be someone I'm not unless you're paying me equity minimum. Okay, fair, fair enough. <laughs> okay. That? And you know what? Funny that it was this episode today because obviously, uh, when by the time this is aired, it's going to be a bit different. But I was out sledging today in Kelvin Grove Park, um, knocking off wains, <laughs> getting <laughs> pushing them out of the way so I could go down the. Big bit um and it was did you say minus 17 in the highlands is that what you said uh yes gosh well look at that so yeah it is very very cold um so this is the perfect episode to watch today this episode aired on the 13th of september in 2002 yes so it was originally on second but it's down on netflix's third Yes, and you know this what? Is a, this is a running theme of series one. Once we get into <laughs> series two, this isn't the problem anymore. I know, but I, I think it works as the third episode. I like it. I think it's good. We talked about this last week, but I, I think that the way it is on Netflix is is the better way. Yeah, then yeah. Don't, aye, don't tell them I said that. Yeah, because you're, you're right. The whole Jack Jarvis putting his, his name on the door and the doormat, that, that makes more sense in the second episode. Aye. And then, do you know what I mean? There's two episodes and then they're like into winter. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, do you want to give me your your opinion, your overview of the episode, Craig? I My think, darling, Craig. I think uh, it was maybe a little bit harsh on last week's episode because I do think it's good. I think pretty much every single episode of Still Game in the first six series is, is very, very good telly. Mm-hmm. Um, with maybe a one or two exceptions that I'm not that fussed about. Um, 
but I, I did kind of I was a little bit critical last week's show it was just kind of I thought there was just it was maybe just kind of easier to talk about some of the things I didn't like about it rather than articulate some of the things I did like so I've tried to go on the, on the opposite direction this week and uh, try and concentrate a bit more on what I did like about the show but it was very easy to do and very easy not to be negative at all because I think this is a, just an exceptional episode of Still Game um, it is brilliant from start to finish I think the pacing is very good. Well, I said last week's was maybe a little bit baggy in points. I don't think that that's like this at all. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so many great touches to this entire episode. Like, with, like for instance, kind of when you're getting in the centre, so, like, kind of skipping ahead in the story, Winston's already revealed that he's uh, the he's the one that's basically, he, he's setting it up, so... You could basically steal electricity and Victor, uh, Jack and Victor, but kind of mainly led by Victor, want to stay to their principles and morals, don't want to partake in that. Other people are kind of looking at them a bit side-eyed for not doing it, but it's the whole kind of touches that they do. So it's like the two scenes, so there's the scene of the Veeds and the scene of the Bookies, where, as Jack says, <laughs> it's kind of like invasion of the body snatchers. There's a little yeah. bit of flair rather than people just kind of saying to them, oh, you're you're daft for not doing that because if they didn't add that flair I think it would be a little it would just get a little bit pedestrian and a little bit kind of slow and then you have the scene in the cafe and again it's a similar sort of thing but usually I think in other shows you'll be saying again they've done this scene basically for the third time but then it kind of moves on for Invasion of the Body Statures and it has that little kind of nod to the good, the bad and the ugly with the kind of close and extreme shots of their faces where they're kind of doing the, the Mexican standoff, like looking yeah. looking left to right. And it's just that bit just makes it really fun. And also as well, when it comes to the end, Jack eventually turns and you're thinking, again, in the hands of a less a meticulous, I don't even know meticulous is the word, a less kind of gifted creative group, then you would have had Jack decided he was going to do it and then another 10 minutes or something of Victor decided he wasn't going to do it and that just carrying on a little too much and feeling a little too, right, come on, get to the point Aye. kind of thing. But it's just one scene and it just, the whole thing moves along at just such a great pace and part of that as well is the, the opening when you have the kind of slapstick opening with mm-hmm. uh, Eric, Victor and Jack all slipping on the ice like, you know, famous Timpsons 1999. That, that's kind of... <laughs> another great meme that's uh, yeah. repeated all the time on Twitter but then they can just come back to that at various points throughout the episode and it's funny each point and again that just helps the pace so much and it just oh, it's it's such a, a terrific episode to rewatch time and again it's still funny all the time there's a lot of great we'll get to it when we do the categories later but there's a lot of really good line reads in this as well mm. there's not even any really Again, we'll get to this later on. There's not even really much of it. I think the age poorly at all. I just think it's no. a, just a, a cracking episode and certainly the best of the three so far, if I do say so myself. Do you know what? I really don't have much to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. I told my partner today, I said, oh, I'm watching some still game. I need to figure out the categories. I need my answers. And he was like, which one are you watching? And I said, oh, I'm watching Cold. And he went, ah, oh, Timpsons, 1999. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, he, he's got it. But like, it is, it's just, it is 
so well done and I think uh, you know like you said the opening scene that starts with that real slapstick like all three of them on the ground the fact that they intersperse different people falling on the ground in that scene throughout the episode to like bring it back to oh it's cold that is the plot of the episode it is cold the sound, it, the sound effects of it are really good as well because it's oh, got that really kind of great. blustery wind all the way through it that really mm-hmm. kind of makes you feel cold when you're watching it and speaking yeah. of the sound effects the sound when Victor clicks the mug off of Wally off his dead face <laughs> off of Wally face is the I've written that down I've made a note of that it's like a little tink Aye. and it's so funny <laughs> so bad do you know what because again I couldn't quite remember it I was like do they actually show the dead body and I was like yeah they do show the dead body this wee and do you know what the fact that that guy that actor sat that still for so long because I really don't think they would have I should have asked um, I should ask Thingy if I remember when he comes on uh, you and Angus our guest later um, I should ask him but I don't think that's a a piece of prosthetic I think that's a real dude and he's definitely it's definitely a real dude you can see him moving slightly oh no I missed that well you ruined it for me thanks Craig you can see his hand Shaking just a little bit. That's a hard pose. That is a very hard hard pose. pose. I wonder how many times they did that scene because they were like, you moved again. And he'd be like, sorry. (laughs) He does very well with his eyes and his face, but his hand moves a wee bit. I noticed that today uh, for the first time. Uh, Yeah. God damn it. There's also, I think the tone of this episode is just, it's nailed perfect as well. And it's such a a tightrope to walk because Mm. there is that political statement of, pensioners basically being systematically kind of killed off by the government who basically give them yeah. sod all money to get through the winter and electricity is too expensive and all that stuff and that's that's a main part of the episode but yeah Willie Napier dies so you know you don't meet Nellie Napier before so that's that makes it easier that you don't have any connection I know it's only like the third episode as well so there won't be a huge connection anyway but it's somebody you've never heard of before mm-hmm. he's dead that could again they easily could have played that a bit more respectful but yeah. I think it's better for the the episode that they don't that they don't hammer home that point a wee bit too much because it could be a different show if that was the case and I know they oh, do have definitely. I know they do have the, the pathos at times but I think the, the political kind of undertones and like kind of mourning would have just been a little bit too hard for this episode it wouldn't have episode. been comedy and it, it, also, it wouldn't have been and it also ties into the whole hypothermia sweepstake thing as well and that yes it's a bit yes it's morbid but this is what we do in life this is what, certainly what I do 100% what I do uh, I am the kind of, to uh, badly quote bare naked ladies I'm the kind of guy that laughs at funerals like I'm the kind of guy yeah. who who uh, shields himself from the horrors of the world by kind of laughing and, and using comedy. And I think that's what, uh, obviously, Jack and Victor are appalled, but that's basically what the kind of guys in the bar are doing when they're, you know, taking bets and putting up odds on who's going to die next, who's not, who's not going to make it through the winter. And that, the, the way they treat the Willie Napier death were just kind of a, a few great jokes, like clinking the glass off him, uh, going next door and, and, you know, the chat with uh, Mikey Frankie and all that. Uh, it just kind of, <laughs> it all ties in. Uh, there's different levels to this which is very impressive for a yeah. for a half, a half hour, hour episode for a half hour sitcom yeah and you know what and I think they really nailed that the way that pensioners do talk and think about death like even just the, like a what a few months ago or, but like pre-covid I was at my my dad's mum's house my granny Jean's house and uh, and she went do you want spoons and I went what she was like, do you want spoons? And I was like, oh, okay. And she gave me like a wee set of silver spoons. And she went, because that way you won't get taxed on them after I die. And I was there and I was like, <laughs> what did you just say to me? I was like, 
what did you just say to me? And she keeps like giving us stuff so that we don't get it after she dies. Like she's like preparing. And I'm like, Grant, you're not that old. And she goes, ah, just in case. And like the the casualness with which pensioners talk about their death, like they face their own mortality and they they can joke about it and they can be like hearted about it. Whereas I am petrified of death and I don't want to ever talk about it. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Because that—that's young people, and I think you, they've really—they've nailed that really, really well in this episode. Like these these pensioners who have faced their own mortality and faced the the fact that the government not only don't support them, but they, you know, the government just wants them off because you know they're costing them money. Yeah, I think yeah. It's great. I know it's it's superb. And just uh, one final note I had uh, just to mention that doesn't quite fit in the categories. Uh, just the costume design on and like the makeup design on, on Winston when he's in the flat mm. and he's just dripping with sweat. There's just like a <laughs> there's just like a layer of sweat on him. <laughs> it's like they must have had to do that with makeup because otherwise, like they'll be shooting for so long in like the same rooms. And Jack and Victor. Aye. Would would just be the same if the room was ne- like that hot. So mm. whatever they managed to do to just Winston look like he just had a layer of sweat on the entire time was perfect because it just added it was to that so scene. gross. And it's <laughs> kind of the same as well, a little bit with Stevie in the bookies, which I think is the first sight in the Stevie. Uh, yes, it is. It is, and he's he's really terrifying. <laughs> first sight of Stevie, and I think as well uh, first sighting of Frankie, but he's called Derek. Yeah, I did think that. I was like, mm, I know this face. Yeah, first sighting of them both, which uh, I think is really, really interesting. It was a real community ensemble episode. Like, no, even sorry, Liza I, was in it. Let me just correct that. I said Frankie. I don't mean Frankie. I mean Fergie, the wee boy in the pub. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he, they called him Derek. And uh, that's that. we'll get to that later when we do smart ass comments because there's quite a few. As much as I love the episode, there's quite a few things that you could pick holes in. But uh, yeah. Y- yeah, if you really. We're picking holes, but if, if you let that spoil your enjoyment, you're just a miserable bastard. But it's just fun to be a, <laughs> it's fun to be a geek sometimes and go, well, actually, I, you see that bit? Sometimes it's fun to just be a wee prick. And yeah. be like, well, I, well actually, if you, if you look at, you know, the exchange rate back in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> they overpaid for that telephone call. <laughs> and they did overpay for that. T- oh, I loved that bit. Put it in the box and he puts it in his wee, where'd you get that? Mary Hill Shopping Centre. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great because you're kind of wondering as well, did he steal it or did he... He definitely or, or, or stole it. Or was it getting chucked out and he bought it? Or, did oh. the, or was it just getting chucked out and he just took it for like a skip or something? It's so funny. Love it. Um, brilliant. Well, that is the overview of the episode. I think it might be time to bring on our guest for this evening. Yes, I, I do believe so. Oh, I, I do believe so. Yes, sir. <laughs> um <laughs> And here we have one of the executive producers on Still Game, Ewan Angus. Time to rewatch Still Game with Bethany and Craig. Hello, Ewan. How are you? I'm absolutely fine, thanks. Oh, good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Now, just so that I don't get this wrong, would you be able to quickly describe for us your involvement on Still Game? Because a lot of the time, people don't quite know what producers, etc. do, and it would be really good to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, as it were. Okay, um, I, I was the commissioning editor of uh, Still Game, so um, it was basically my decision to go for it as a series. Um, and thereafter, um, I was I was the one of the executive producers on it, which was basically representing the interests of of the BBC. There's generally an executive producer from a broadcaster and an executive producer from the production team. Mm. Okay, dokie. So in that case, what do you think? So when you look at a script, when you look at a, a pilot or something, what 
because you've produced quite a few uh, comedies on the BBC. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I commissioned an exec, produced um, a fair range of comedies over, well, best part of 20 years. That's mad. Um, and so when you look at it, what, even even if you still game as an example, what makes you look at something and be like, aye, this will work. This is funny. Um, I think I think to a large extent you go with your instincts. Um, uh, I think I think it's very difficult to commission comedy that you don't find funny yourself. I think mm. you can commission a lot of different types of, of programs that don't necessarily appeal to you personally but i think with comedy it's it, it it is difficult if if you just don't see where the laughs are or where they're likely to come then um it's difficult to get behind it because they're they're expensive programs to make and they you, you know they require a, a fairly significant level of commitment um i'm speaking from the from the point of view of a broadcaster mm-hmm. yeah definitely because once you watch the first one you know you want to watch the whole season um so what was it about Still Game? What what was it that made you think, yeah, this is it. This is going to be the thing that I invest my time in and I ask the BBC and any other, you know, producers to invest their money in? Well, I think to answer that one, they need to spool back slightly. Um, I, I got involved in commissioning in 1996. Um, and one of, uh, in fact, the, the first show that I commissioned was, was a show for radio, um, which was Chewing the Fat. Um, uh, and, and that ran for three series. And the characters of Jack and Victor were part of the Chewing the Fat lineup from the word go. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, um, so in a sense, um, there was evidence that that certainly the pairing at the heart of what would become still game um, had what it took. Um, to the 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 big challenge was to flesh out the world for them, the world they inhabited, and to populate it with um, e- equally compelling, appealing characters which is exactly what uh, I think Ford and Greg managed to do very successfully. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And because you know what, funny, because funny you mentioned that, because uh, two weeks ago we had Rab Christie on, and he said the exact same thing. He said the uh, the two centre characters were kind of secure, they were there, they were, they were ready, and the challenge was, you know, can we get 30 minutes of par <laughs> can we get 30 minutes of stuff happening, you know, around with the rest of these characters as well. And uh, you did, which is quite nice. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think w- one of the things that that stands out about uh, still gaming, in fact, c- quite a lot of um, successful ensemble comedies, is that um, Ford and Greg were very generous about writing great lines for for other characters, not just for not just for Jack and Victor. Mm. Um, and I and I think that that came through, um, you know, all of those characters, um, Isa, Winston, Navid, um, they 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 all played a really major part in the success of Still Game. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, one of the uh, so when we talk about the show each episode, something Craig and I are doing is uh, we are rating the show on different aspects aspects of it. And one of the categories that we're talking about is best supporting character. And I think that's so important to do because I think you're you're quite right. It isn't just it isn't just about Ford and Greg. It isn't just about Jack and Victor. It's about the whole you know kind of Craig Lang community. Yeah, no, I I, th- I think that's I think that's absolutely right. Um, and you know if everything from from the kind of um, formatted sequence stuff, such as the the response that that 
that that Bobby gave every time Jack and Victor came into the pub, and and the, the reply, the response that that Jack and Victor would give, um, all all of that was quite carefully plotted through, and mm-hmm. and it, it it gives the audience something which they can hold on to and which they recognise as as um, as a kind of constant feature, and and then you can layer the surprises and the other elements on top of that. Yeah, it's like any good pop songwriter uh, uses a hook and it's in the chorus and it's there, something you'd expect. And it's the same with variations every time. And I feel like that's what kind of what you achieved, you know, with Still Game. You had a hook every episode. You kind of knew part of the formula, but there was still room to be surprised. Yeah, and I think for, I think Ford and Greg are, are in, in the writing um, were very good at at um, varying the tempo of individual episodes, going for a bit of pathos when it when it was appropriate, and then turning that on its head to go for you know an absolute killer, either a killer punchline or or a very strong visual gag. Yeah, varying the tempo. Love the music metaphor there. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> we were actually we were t- <laughs> we were actually talking about that last week as well. The um, the varying in tempo to use your words and how you know there's that kind of juxtaposition, I guess, between that that really heightened comedy, especially the physical side of comedy, to these kind of like heartbreaking, especially like the monologues that Jack and Victor have in the first two episodes. Uh, which I think, you know, it can make you really sad. Like, obviously, in the episode last week, it was all about whether Victor's son is going to come and visit and he has that whole monologue about, you know, pensioners and how you can't depend on your reins anymore and things like that. Um, and was that something that attracted you to the piece? Like, you know, the, that the thing that came alongside the comedy? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Well, I think I, th- I think it's always been an aspect of their writing. It it, it surfaced within um, chewing the fat at times as well, um, and mm-hmm. I think I think it was clear that they could they could handle those shifts in tone, and and I think I think a, a lot of really good comedy. Um, if if you look at if you look at something like Only Fools and Horses. It was good. It was very good. Um, John Sullivan had a had had a similar kind of gift for um, being able to go for pathos when it was appropriate and when it mm. was going to work, and 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 it 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 helps the audience um, invest in comedy characters in in a in a in a richer way than than if all they're doing is is spouting gags all the time. Aye. Well, arguably, you need to be you know need to be invested in the character in the characters. Goodness sake, uh, for any you know for you to 
find them funny because you want to you want to be endeared towards them you know and i think that's something that ford and greg do so well they're so they're so charming and endearing even if their characters aren't always good people <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, th- I think i think that's absolutely true i think um uh, I, I think there's a sense in which um uh, the characters of jack and victor um t- you know are are are, are total mates there's there's you can't get away from that but it doesn't stop them bickering it doesn't stop them uh, having disagreements but at the same time uh, not not just them but the rest of the world of Craig Lang when it's when it's threatened in any way they really kind of close ranks and and pull together mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's really important show because that's really indicative of that kind of like solidarity you do find in these in these schemes in these complexes do you know what I mean that kind of like that kind of community thing you know like I I, sorry Craig but I live in Glasgow and uh, the whole people make Glasgow slogan that everybody hates it's really real it's really true you know like there is that kind of like spirit and solidarity that you find in especially working class communities and I think that comes across so well without being patronizing i find that so many things that are written for or about working class people are really like patronizing and condescending but i never find that still game is no i i I I think that's i think that's a fair comment and and i think you just need to look at the demographics of the audience to realize that um that 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 still game was one of those kind of, um, I suppose once once in a generation, um, u- universally uh, uh, or once once in a generation show that has ab- absolute universal appeal that cuts across age groups, um, social class, um, you name it. Uh, it. It's that it 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 it's a show that offers something for for everyone. Yeah. And I've been, so I've been asking, um, obviously beforehand, we've had Rab Christie and we've had Michael Hines on, um, and I asked both of them this question, so I'll be interested to hear your answer as well. Um, did you know, after, say, the pilot, did you watch that and think, oh, right, this is going to be, you know, however many seasons, it's going to play the hydro, it's going to become an iconic part of <laughs> Scottish culture. Like, did you, you know, did you ever foresee it? Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely not. Um, uh, <laughs> It's not. It's not that I didn't think it was going to be successful because, as I said, you know, to an extent, um, the characters had been road tested. Um, Ford and Greg as performers, their stock was extraordinarily high uh, with the audience. So mm-hmm. um, we we knew that if anything was going to land as a success, then that this this had as good a chance uh, as as anything else. But. Um, it was a challenge. What they'd been used to doing, um, with with the with the exception of the stage show of Still Game that actually predated the the TV um, appearances, um, with the exception of that, um, the 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 writing, the comedy writing that they'd been doing up to that point, or which had actually been broadcast up to that point, was was short form material. And it's mm-hmm. a completely different um, skill that's required um, to tease something out into longer form narrative, um, and that was that's one of the reasons why when when we decided that the chew and the fat had run its course, um, we had a bit of a debate and a discussion 
um, between myself representing BBC Scotland and uh, and the production team and Ford and Greg about um, whether any of the characters that, that had been used within uh, Chewing the Fat and which had established a bit of a rapport with the audience um, would would lend themselves to to um, longer form narrative comedy. I suppose the 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 kind of ex- the, the key example that you would point to would be um, Rab C Nesbit out of out of Naked Video, mm-hmm. um, where a decision was made to build a, build that world around Rab and and uh, and you know and. Uh, a very very successful show was created. Um, so uh, the the in the end, um, it, it boiled down to a decision between um, the the world that could be created around the character of Ronald Villiers or the world that could be created around um, Jack and Victor, the old guys, as as we can call short as as the shorthand was for for them yeah. as a sketch. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, um, the, the 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 balance, the the equality, if you like, in in the pairing between Ford and Greg in with Jack and Victor was far greater than than um, uh, with Ronald Villiers and um, uh, Greg, who had played the director all the time, was effectively yeah. a straight man to to Ronald. So uh-huh. it made it made much more sense to um, to explore the idea of um, uh, of of making it Jack and Victor, but of course the guys still had to write the script. Um, yeah. Once the script was written, we thought, mm, I think we're on to something here. Um, shot the pilot. It was it was always in the back of my mind that if the pilot worked, we wouldn't simply transmit it as a pilot; that we would roll over to to a series, and uh, and that's exactly what what we did. And I can imagine as well, Ewan, that the basing our show around Ronald Villiers was saying like Greg wouldn't even have been able to to play like the directors because it would you couldn't really have him. Well, it would seem it would seem a bit odd if he was in the show on a weekly basis and he was just returning as a different director. And uh, because of the comedy in the Ronald Villiers character, he probably wouldn't be the same director because he would not continue to hire this man on a weekly basis who was uh, quite useless as an actor. So you could always imagine that if he was going to be, he'd have to be like his agent, and then you'd maybe end up with uh, extras before extras. But maybe <laughs> well, without, maybe without as much social commentary going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's all. All all of that is perfectly valid speculation, you know. Um, but I, it 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 didn't take a lot of deliberation, to be honest. Um, uh, I think that both Ford and Greg were were keener on the idea of um, of of taking on the old guys. So that's exactly what we did. And um, for those of you kind of who don't know, what's your kind of What's your job on a kind of weekly basis on a show like Still Game? How much how much say did you have over like the 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 final product that then goes out in the BBC? Well, uh, um, uh, ultimately, um, uh, the the broadcaster who's paying for a commissioned program um, has the the final say um, in 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 what in what goes on, but. Um, 
you know, when you when you're when you're dealing with with um, a creative team and and uh, a creative partnership at the heart of it, um, you certainly don't go uh, in any sense throwing your weight around. Um, uh, my role as as executive producer would be from the from from the word go. Um, once once an episode had been had been written, like uh, like the script editor, like the exec producer from the comedy unit would be to, um, and and indeed the producer of the show would be to read the script and feedback any notes on it, any comments, things that I thought worked that worked really well, things that. Um, maybe didn't work so well and then you know there's there's an element of 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 a compromise creeps in but i have to say that um ford and greg um always delivered um very strong first draft scripts and that's just uh, that, that that was one of their great strengths um, you know, it's not true of of uh, every writer that you'll come across. Some will will go to, you know, third, fourth, fifth draft. But with with Ford and Greg generally, it was it was more a question of of um, little tweaks here and there rather than any major overhaul. Um, and then uh, once once an episode is recorded um, uh, and it's been roughly assembled as as an edit cut um, then the the exec producers again would would be feeding into what 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 they think works what what doesn't work um, uh, and but generally speaking there wasn't you know there weren't massive amounts of things that that didn't work or or weren't were were needing seriously revised and how quickly into the into the run of the of the first series or Maybe even later, but I'd think it would be the first series. Did you realise that you had something that was just as big, uh, something that was going to be just as kind of revered and uh, as big a hit, and ultimately became even more of a, a bigger hit than chewing the fat? Uh, well, we're, we're we're going back kind of eighteen, nineteen years now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, but uh, I have to say, you know, this this this. Um, Predated a lot of competition in television terms and broadcast terms, and you know it was possible to get really stonking big audiences for for um, uh, linear television services, and um, it, it it was it was very clear very early on, um, judging by the audience response, that um, that 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 still game was was going to be a hit. Um, if the guys could maintain the level of of um, writing and and uh, imaginative thinking that that they put into the early episodes, and uh, you know history has proved that to be the case. Gosh, imagine being and I keep thinking this whenever we <laughs> whenever we interview people, but like I imagine being part of something and then twenty years later it has. It, it it's so well known it is it is still game like isn't that mad you don't think about things being created you just well for me it was just always there because it, it first aired when i was four four <laughs> four years old so like it's not like you and i was in my teens if that makes you feel any better <laughs> right, <okay. laughs> but like i i plus all my pals like my pals at school my brother and sister we grew up with it you never think of its 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 um conception you know you never, you never think about it being created. It's just there. It just exists. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, there's there's always a huge element of serendipity about these things. Um, uh, I I I happen to, to be a big fan of of uh, what Ford and Greg were doing, uh, and I I hope that they would say that I got behind them and supported them. Uh, to the best of my abilities, um, but at the end of the day, it was it was a pleasure and a privilege to be to be uh, working with these guys. Um, they were they were the biggest comedy act uh, in Scotland over you know years and years, um, and uh, and you know still game as their legacy is is an amazing body of work. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And you've obviously got an eye for it because not only have you done Still Game, we've done. Uh, now, correct me if any of this is wrong because I am getting my information from the internet. But you've done Scott Squad. You've done um, as as in being an executive producer on Still Game, Scott Squad, uh, Berniston, Lemmy Show, one of my personal favourites, uh, yeah. Gary Tank Commander. Just like the list goes on, it's incredible. You must have, yeah, you know, a real eye for what is. And they're all you know Scottish and down to earth, but they're also very very different shows with different groups of people a lot of the time. You know. Yeah, but I I, I mean I. I think uh, as as an individual, I'm quite easy bored, um, <laughs> and, and uh, v- variety uh, being served up for the audience was always really important for me. Um, uh, you know, we always used to take a bit of flack about being uh, heavily central belt in terms of comedy, um, and being West central belt in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but but for me, you just had to back um, the the best talent, the talent that had the most interesting things to say, and you know, and whether that uh, was was Limmy or whether it was Robert and Ian, um, the Burniston uh, team, who of course c- came through um, writing on chewing the fat. Um, so uh, it it. I don't know. I, I think again. Um, uh, I was I was fortunate, and the comedy unit played a big part in in most, if not all, of this. Um, I was fortunate in in uh, looking after uh, television service for BBC Scotland at a time where there was some great writing and performing in the world of comedy. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's such a it's such a testament as well. I think. Um, you know, little miss national here, but I think, you know, there is, there is a tendency to look over Scotland when it comes to a lot of, you know, comedy things. I think especially, you know, 20, 25 years ago. So the fact that these shows were being made and they were being produced and there was a whole comedy unit kind of like dedicated to doing that, I think is a real testament to the kind of like, I guess, homegrown Scottish talent because we're here and we're funny and we got shit to say, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, um, m- m- most people who who um, spend their careers um, working in in broadcasting in Scotland or in Wales or Northern Ireland, I would I would suggest um, uh, probably feel that in terms of of getting that material out throughout the UK, that that it, at times certainly it felt like the bar was being set higher mm. um, and that and that um, e- excuses would be found whether that was about language, dialect, referencing, whatever it might happen to be. Um, 
it, it was it was not a thing that I ever bought into. Um, I think you know, good comedy tends to be universal, and and you can just see how successful Still Game has been on Netflix, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, in in the early days, it was a hard sell to get uh, Still Game onto the UK network for of the BBC, and it took until series three, I think. Um, if I recall rightly, um, uh, uh, bef- before it was picked up and and given not a very good slot. Yeah, and because it is series three, because that's when they had to change the um, intro song as well, um, because the intro song had a copyright issue for BBC. I remember uh, researching that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's it's the same. It's the same in theatre as well, like regional regional theatre and regional dialects and accents, you know, they have to, it's almost as if they have to be at a higher standard be, to be considered the same as things, you know, things from down south and things in RP. Um, but do you know what? Bugger them, because still game's great. And, <laughs> and all this, you know, well, I mean, we produce such good stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, for me, you can point to loads of examples of it. You know, I mean, you can, you can point to Gavin and Stacey coming out of Wales. Mm. You, can, you can point to Derry Girls coming out of um, Northern Ireland. And, you know, I think the same is true of, of that body of work that um, the BBC Scotland supported from, from you know, the, the early 2000s right the way through. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you, um, we've already given our opinions on uh, this uh, particular episode called. Uh, looking at back at it again, what was your kind of overall thoughts of the of the show? I, I it's I, I was glad to be asked to to focus on called because it's it's one of my favourite episodes. Um, a, I think I think different people will always um, have different views and perspectives on, on which episodes work best. But um, for me, it, it had a great um, mix of, of um, a kind of underlying uh, social comment um, about the way in which um, pensioners um, are treated in society um, or, or a certain strata of pensioner is treated in, in society. Um, and, and it also had an excellent balance and mix of, of, um, uh, of some pure slapstick, <laughs> um, some, some great visual comedy, um, and, and, uh, and a bit of pathos in there too, uh, uh, but, but also just some extremely fine writing and playing from from uh, f- from from the whole cast it's one of those what well r- writing from ford and greg of course but um, playing by the whole cast yeah it's one of those episodes i think that comes up quite a lot whenever you see like a twitter thread and somebody asks like Aye. what's it what's the best episodes of still game and i think called is one that always features very high up and i think it is because of that that like, you mentioned that the pathos but it's just it's also just a really funny and really rewatchable episode as well. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would agree. Um, uh, you know, the, for me, the, you know, the, there, there are some episodes that you just that if I'm asked about still game, I, you know, instantly come to mind. Um, Hatch from series four, I absolutely loved. Um, Flies Society from series six, um, and you know, and called that we're talking about at the moment. 
Um, uh, but I, I think I think the the sheer consistency of of um, of of the writing over sixty odd episodes, which is which is really quite atypical these days, because the, the norm. Um, uh, mostly, certainly in UK television, is for, is for people to be writing far fewer um, episodes than that, maybe going two, three series or whatever, more of the kind of Faulty Towers model than than um, something that is sustained over. Um, well, in in the case of in the case of Ford and Greg, albeit with a gap in the middle, um, the, you know, the best part of a 16, 17 year period. And you can see that this episode as well, it's kind of one of those ones where, as you're saying, it, it kind of had that longevity because you're just kind of, it was just easy enough to, well, not easy enough, but you know what I mean? Like there was such good writing and there were such good characters and there were such good characters around them that you could just kind of pick a kind of, it didn't have to be too over the top, too elaborate the plot. It could just be like a simple thing like, Hedgerers are cold. Yeah. It's it's a it's a winter snap. Uh, fun, funnily enough, we recorded this. Uh, it won't be released for a few weeks, but we recorded this when you know it, it hit uh, minus seventeen in the Highlands today. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's kind of the you get that cold snap, and then it's just kind of how they deal with it. How, how and then you can yeah. just kind of obviously it was the first series, but they obviously had knew enough about the characters anyway that it, then it kind of becomes rather than kind of you know writing a piece from scratch, you just kind of take the characters, know how they would react in situations, and then just put them in what is a fairly simple concept of pensioners surviving the, the winter. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Yeah, and but the the that that sort of um, story thread of about fuel poverty, um, and and uh, how, how Winston starts. Um, uh, converting everyone, the, the king to, of Lecky. Um, yeah, the king of <laughs> the king of Lecky and and what he's about. Um, that you know, that that is equally relevant today. Maybe more, maybe even more so. Definitely more so. I would Aye. say. Oh, definitely. You know, poverty ha- like it's not gone away. It's gotten worse. <laughs> like, and what? Well, in, in I think so. Anyway. Bethany, any other uh, questions on this episode? No, actually, you have answered all of our questions and so eloquently too. I wish, I wish I was that eloquent when I spoke. You're so <laughs> measured. It's so nice. Thank you so much, Yumin Angus, one of the executives or the executive producer. Uh, one. one. One of, of the executive producers on Still Game. Thank you so much for coming on this evening, answering all of our questions, and we hope you have a lovely, lovely night. You're most welcome. Thank you. Cheers, Yumin. Time to rewatch Stell Game with Bethany and Craig. 
wasn't Ewan brilliant it's so so interesting to hear about the the conception of the show and where it came from I love that all three of our guests have been quite good at that so far um and I'm, I think I'm obsessed time... I'm obsessed with the idea of a Ronald Villiers show oh me too man it, it would he ne- said that ne- never be anywhere near as good as still game but it just it's but funny I see it now I quite want to yeah I quite want to attend that alternate universe where it happens just to just to have a, a watch of those episodes and then I'll come back to this universe I know, but imagine being the man making that decision. Imagine being like, "Oh no, what should what what should I pick? What should I pick?" And like his reasoning behind it was like, "Oh, the chemistry was better between these two characters." And I'm like, "Imagine if he picked wrong." <laughs> and that kind of goes back to what I said in our initial episode we did, where it was just the two of us kind of doing our kind of basically just giving our still game thoughts uh, before we watched a, a specific episode, and uh, that when it was first kind of announced that it was going to be Jack and Victor, and they weren't really. I think maybe for an older audience, but for teenagers as I was at the time, I don't, they weren't as memorable as like Ronald Villiers or kind of like the, you know, the Lighthouse Keepers or the uh, You've Taken That Too Far guys, like all these kind of characters with their catchphrases and stuff. They were, and I think at the time, had a lot of the audience of my age, uh, certainly, uh, known that it was a choice between Ronald Villiers and, and Jack and Victor. Like a lot of people my age would have said Ronald Villiers would be funnier. But yeah. I think, uh, uh, thankfully, it was adults making the decisions, not a bunch of <laughs> plucky, horny teenagers. Flat, thankfully, we, we let some adults make the decision. Yes. It's always, always handy. I know, it's mad. Um, but I think it's time to move on to our categories. Ooh, Ooh. I should write some category music and it'll be like, da 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 categories. Don't do um, that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and our first category is my personal favourite category, our favourite joke. Right, well, there's, there's two very good visual ones. So I'm mm-hmm. going to start with the, what I think was my favourite, um... Uh, joke and dialogue which was when uh, Jack is badgering Victor to turn the fire on and he says put the bulb on it suggests warmth <laughs> yeah I've written that down as well <laughs> oh. oh it's brilliant it's kind of true kind of true um, but yeah it's also more true of Jack's uh, follow up line of no, it suggests you're a was it an old tight fisted bastard or something aye it's so funny. It's like when you put, um, it's like when you don't have a fire, but at Christmas you want like that like feeling. So you put the log fire on Netflix and you leave that to play for two hours. Have <laughs> you ever done that? I'll, I'll send you 20 quid, Bethany. This is clearly, clearly a cry for help. <laughs> Please, I need it for the lecky. Um, that, yeah. Anything else for your favourite joke? Well, I think obviously all the slipping, all the slipping on the ice yeah, uh, is classic. very good and classic. But I also had. The visual joke at the end with the electricity going off in the stair <laughs> and then yeah. all of Craig Lang and then all of Glasgow as it is like <laughs> switching on things throughout the house is a superb way to, to end yeah. the episode. I think I think I completely agree. I think the slipping on the ice and the lights going off as visual gags are just brilliant. And also, and do you know what? classic classic gag that i think is often overlooked but you see this in quite a lot of like sitcoms that every time i shag your wife she makes me a sandwich (laughs) he says he says to the barman and i'm like do you know what i've heard that joke in quite a few iterations but that really made me laugh really makes me chuckle it's a very good delivery from uh, ford kiernan for that 
yeah very good delivery well done ford good job um <laughs> i like to imagine they listen um <laughs> uh next up is best line reading i had a uh, two for these both for victor uh, the first is when they're in Mankey Frankie's uh, flat and he's trying to make small talk with them. Uh-huh. And Mankey Frankie is not having any of it. And no. it's, it's just a similar intention. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, you, you must like your fish and chips. I, he's, I, like, I, he's like, Yeah, we do. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I've read the exact same one down. I good. Because I could. it's just like, what do, I, what do I say to that? You must love your fish. Hi, good. It's so funny. It's so funny. And then the um, next, the next one I have is at the end, uh, where after, well, not after, but Jack is telling him the the dream that he had, and it's sounding quite creepy, and they're kind of leaning into each other, and it's all quiet, and then the explosion happens for next door uh, <laughs> with <laughs> with uh, Winston fiddling with a lecky, and then Victor just says, "I just a bit shot myself there," and he says. <laughs> And he says it like there's no like comedy in the way he says it. It's like deadly serious. Yeah, and that's what makes it funny. Yeah, I completely agree. That and um, uh, Steve Stevie at the bookie is going not overly. I love that line reading. He is so creepy. He is so creepy. And I think the fact that he has like, what, two lines in the whole <laughs> in the whole episode. And that was one of my, my favorite line readings. He looks at them and he, oh, he's creepy, Aye, that creepy is, man. That is a good one as well. Aye, it's good. Oh, it's good. Um, next up is best supporting character. As much as it's tempted to give it to Winston. I think Winston only really has two kind of maybe three standout scenes so he's in it a lot so it's it's kind of easy to give him to it for that Um, and he's he's quite memorable in it for the the scene where he's cutting about the house and he's putting ice cubes in his his armpits and then dropping them into drinks and (laughs) the scene prior to that where he's in the barras and he's wanting the the two heaters and the boys asking him why he wants two and then you can see again when he's putting in the the electricity it kind of blows up on him those are all very good but there's other scenes as well where he's not doing a whole lot special so Uh I'm, I'm just going for pure you know average rating of scene he's only in one scene but it is an average rating of 10 out of 10 and it's Mikey Frankie Oh, played, nice. Played by uh, Stevie Allen. Do you know what? I I respect your choice, sir. I do. Um, I was I, I had the exact same... Um, I feel like I'm going to have to go first next time because it, it must sound like I'm stealing all your ideas. Everything you say, I'm like, yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh-huh, I, I did prepare. Um, no, I, yeah, I do completely agree. I think Winston, even though he had an important character and he was, some of his scenes were absolutely great, um, I actually put... Eric. Um, oh! I know. Purely because, and again, he's only in, he's not in a lot, but what he is in, I just think he's so funny. I don't know what it is. Like, I keep watching him and I just think he's a wee steam sealer. Every time he's in a scene with someone, I'm like, <laughs> Eric. You know? And I don't know I don't know what it is about this episode. Like, him falling at the beginning and all of his stuff later. Like, and again, he doesn't do a lot, but what he does do is, is pretty excellent. So that's my vote. Fair enough. I, I would not have thought of him at all. I think... Uh... I think there's better uh, Eric episodes, uh, to be honest. But you, uh, you, you do you, Bethany, all right? Do you know what? Thank you. I'm really glad I've got your support in this time. <laughs> <laughs> right. What aged poorly? 
I struggled for this. There's only yeah. really one you can say that they might have not done these days, but it's not even the most kind of offensive kind of anti-gay joke. It's it's Victor saying to Jack, like, who's going to keep you... What's going to... What is it? Who's going to keep you warm? What's going to keep you warm when you're in a wee cold... No, no. What's going to happen when you're in a wee cold jail cell and you've nothing to keep you warm except a hot bobby right up the arse? <laughs> And I can't even say that age poorly because, I, well, I, I don't think they would necessarily make that joke these days. No, I but still, I mean, I still it's still funny. Yeah. I, I laughed. I still think it's funny, especially because it's like also a hot bobby. That is the grossest thing. The way he delivers right up the arse as well. I know. Real emphatic way of saying it. Like, the idea of being aware of the temperature of one's penis is really not, like, it's not something, you know what I mean? Like, it's funny. It is really funny. <laughs> um, Other than that, I, know, could, I actually couldn't really, I couldn't really spot anything. I, I couldn't either. I thought, in fact, um, I, I wrote down, uh, aged poorly, more like aged well. The government want us to die. They can't wait to bury us. Yeah, and I was just like, Well, yeah. it, was, it was during New Labour who were a wee bit red Tory, but not quite as Tory as the current uh, lot of Tories right. who are systematically, you know, letting people die left, right and centre every Woo! day. I love it. Yeah. Um, don't vote Tory, and everyone. Please, I'm actually fucking begging you. <laughs> don't vote Tory. Um, and it's just, I was like, you know, watching that and I'm like, isn't it sad how that it's not gotten better in 20 years since that was filmed and I, I just think oh well so it th- yeah I don't think it's aged poorly but I think the fact that it has aged not really at all uh is quite it like you know it's sad it's indicative and they were they were you know having this as we were talking about earlier that like underlying uh political thing going on and that that may it's still so relevant today um so yeah that's that's what i was thinking about for this for this category yep ah oh, sad times uh next up is craig give me some smart arsed comments about this episode please <laughs> uh, right so right i'm gonna be smart arsed about quite a lot of things here but i'm gonna annoy oh, people go on uh, right said in previous episodes that Frankie stays in the same block as them. Uh, in fact, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it said that he stays up the stairs for Victor. Mm-hmm. And it's also shown in later episodes, in fact, in the series, that he definitely stays in the same block as well. Uh, so why are they using his phone instead of just going back to one of their own houses? Yeah, I was thinking that. There, there's no... Because he's on the eighth floor... And they're on the 14th. So why on earth do they not just go hop in the elevator, go back up to the to the 18th, to the the 14th floor yeah, they, and be like, just use my own phone? They don't have to... Uh, oh, speaking of great line readings, uh, your dad's deed. Uh, just, at the, oh, just cutting perfect. through Jack when he's just rambling Aye. on the telephone. That was brilliant as well. And uh, right, so that was one. Uh, you, you've said that the line already, every time I shag your wife, she makes me a sandwich. What wife? I know. Why what is wife? Bobby offended by that? I know. He has oh, no wife. Uh, I've already said Fre- Fergie is referred to as Derek. Uh, Stevie shouting, close the door, you're letting the cold in. Like, let's just opened the door to walk into the bookie, so who the fuck <laughs> else was supposed to do? Yeah, that, and they've just got fucking free lecky. So, like, why do you care? I know why, yeah. <laughs> is, he, is he literally shouting this at everybody who walks in the door? Close the door. <laughs> Don't come that's, in. That's, Don't give me that, money. That's my mum in the winter. <laughs> Shut the door. <laughs> Shut the window. <laughs> and, uh, oh, this isn't uh, 
so much a smart arse comment. It's just kind of I just did a wee bit of research just for those who were wondering at the end when he reveals that the the guy who was in the coffin was Jack Lord from Hawaii Five O, <laughs> uh, and they didn't know whether he was dead or not. I just looked it up. Uh, sadly, Jack Lord was dead at the time of recording. He died in nineteen ninety eight. Oh, sad. Well, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Um, I don't have any any smart arse comments. Um, I really don't. No, just leave, uh, leave it to me. Leave it to me to be the absolute nitpicker. Yeah, because I want I want you to be hated and me to be loved. So I think you know. No, I'm joking. Um, I, I, Bethany, my job is uh, my main job is a Scottish football journalist. I am uh, <laughs> well used to being hated. Babe, I've read the comments on your TikTok. Trust me, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I did, I did write some down, but it was the same ones that you've just that you've just said. And I think, and also, I think because it wasn't quite. Um, there was plot, obviously, in this episode, but because it wasn't so plot-driven, I think feel like you know there weren't very many plot holes to have, um, which yeah, is quite good. There's no, there's no B story really, is there? Because the B story eventually ties into the A story. Yeah, so which is nice actually. It is, and I I prefer that in a in a program where the stories tie up at the end. I kind of don't really like it when the A story and the B story run in like in tandem and then they don't ever join uh, and there's no like, you know, overlap and uh and crossover. That's mm-hmm. not really not really my bag. Um so I do like it when they come together at the end and it feels quite nice. Nice. Feels like they've they you know, they tried. Yes. <laughs> um and now for one of the last things, Jack versus Victor. Who do you think won? After last week's show, I was actually getting a wee bit... I mean, worried is maybe a strong word, but I was getting a tiny bit concerned that uh, I maybe just naturally liked Jack as a character more and he was going to win a lot of these. But I think uh-huh. this episode is Victor hands down. Victor, the man of principles. He's he's not wanting to drive up the price of Lecky by getting it for free. He's, he's the one that convinces Jack and then Jack betrays him. And he also I just think, has the best lines as well, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um I love it. I feel like I feel like that's how you choose. You choose with the best lines, and I'm like, ah, but who's who's gonna who's getting into heaven? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think Victor hands down. So at the moment we are uh two to Jack and one to Victor. Who will come out on top? I don't know. Does anyone care? I do. So <laughs> And uh, I think that might be the end of the show. Yes, that was a very enjoyable episode. Hi. Oh, I should do the... It's not the end of the show. No, it is the end of the show. Yes, it is. Shoot me with a knife. Yes, it is. It was a very enjoyable episode, a very enjoyable time talking to the lovely Ewan Angus about his role in making in making Still Game what it was and bringing it to our televisions. Um, what a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. I just had the bye. <laughs> this was a Terrace Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.